Section 10 of Treaties on Light by Christian Huygens, translated by Sylvanus P. Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Avai in December 2012. Chapter 5, Part 4 On the Strange Refraction of Iceland Crystal. Leaving then to others this research, I pass to what I have to say touching the cause of the extraordinary figure of this crystal, and why it cleaves easily in three different senses, parallel to any one of its surfaces. There are many bodies, vegetable, mineral, and congealed salts, which are formed with certain regular angles and figures. Thus among flowers there are many which have their leaves disposed in ordered polygons, to the number of three, four, five, or six sides, but not more. This well deserves to be investigated, both as to the polygonal figure, and as to why it does not exceed the number six. Rock crystal grows ordinarily in hexagonal bars, and diamonds are found which occur with a square point and polished surfaces. There is a species of small flat stones, piled up directly upon one another, which are all of pentagonal figure with rounded angles, and the sides a little folded inwards. The grains of grey salt which are formed from sea-water affect the figure, or at least the angle of the cube, and in the congelation of other salts, and in that of sugar, there are found other solid angles with perfectly flat faces. Small snowflakes almost always fall in little stars with six points, and sometimes in hexagons with straight sides. And I have often observed, in water which is beginning to freeze, a kind of flat and thin foliage of ice, the middle ray of which throws out branches inclined at an angle of sixty degrees. All these things are worthy of being carefully investigated to ascertain how and by what artifice nature there operates. But it is not now my intention to treat fully of this matter. It seems that in general the regularity which occurs in these productions comes from the arrangement of the small invisible equal particles of which they are composed. And, coming to our Iceland crystal, I say that if there were a pyramid such as A, B, C, D, composed of small rounded corpuscles, not spherical but flattened spheroids such as would be made by the rotation of the ellipse g h around its lesser diameter e f of which the ratio to the greater diameter is very nearly that of one to the square root of eight i say that then the solid angle of the point d would be equal to the obtuse and equilateral angle of this crystal i say further that if these corpuscles were lightly stuck together, on breaking this pyramid it would break along faces parallel to those that make its point, and by this means, as it is easy to see, it would produce prisms similar to those of the same crystal as this other figure represents. The reason is that when broken in this fashion, a whole layer separates easily from its neighboring layer, since each spheroid has to be detached only from the three spheroids of the next layer, 
of which three there is but one which touches it on its flattened surface and the other two at the edges and the reason why the surfaces separate sharp and polished is that if any spheroid of the neighbouring surface would come out by attaching itself to the surface which is being separated it would be needful for it to detach itself from six other spheroids which hold it locked and four of which press it by these flattened surfaces since then not only the angles of our crystal but also the manner in which it splits agree precisely with what is observed in the assemblage composed of such spheroids there is great reason to believe that the particles are shaped and ranged in the same way there is even probability enough that the prisms of this crystal are produced by the breaking up of pyramids since mr bartholinus relates that he occasionally found some pieces of triangularly pyramidal figure but when a mass is composed interiorly only of these little spheroids thus piled up whatever form it may have exteriorly it is certain by the same reasoning which i have just explained that if broken it would produce similar prisms it remains to be seen whether there are other reasons which confirm our conjecture and whether there are none which are repugnant to it it may be objected that this crystal being so composed might be capable of cleavage in yet two more fashions one of which would be along planes parallel to the base of the pyramid that is to say to the triangle a b c the other would be parallel to a plane the trace of which is marked by the lines g h h k k l to which i say that both the one and the other though practicable are more difficult than those which were parallel to any one of the three planes of the pyramid and that therefore when striking on the crystal in order to break it it ought always to split rather along these three planes than along the two others when one has a number of spheroids of the form above described and ranges them in a pyramid one sees why the two methods of division are more difficult for in the case of that division which would be parallel to the base each spheroid would be obliged to detach itself from three others which it touches upon their flattened surfaces which hold more strongly than the contacts at the edges and besides that this division will not occur along entire layers because each of the spheroids of a layer is scarcely held at all by the six of the same layer that surround it since they only touch it at the edges so that it adheres readily to the neighbouring layer and the others to it for the same reason and this causes uneven surfaces also one sees by experiment that when grinding down the crystal on a rather rough stone directly on the equilateral solid angle one verily finds much facility in reducing it in this direction but much difficulty afterwards in polishing the surface which has been flattened in this manner as for the other method of division along the plane g h k l it will be seen that each spheroid would have to detach itself from four of the neighbouring layer two of which touch it on the flattened surfaces and two at the edges 
so that this division is likewise more difficult than that which is made parallel to one of the surfaces of the crystal where as we have said each spheroid is detached from only three of the neighbouring layer of which three there is one only which touches it on the flattened surface and the other two at the edges only however that which has made me know that in the crystal there are layers in this last fashion is that in a piece weighing half a pound which i possess one sees that it is split along its length as is the above-mentioned prism by the plane g h k l as appears by colours of the iris extending throughout this whole plane although the two pieces still hold together all this proves then that the composition of the crystal is such as we have stated to which i again add this experiment that if one passes a knife scraping along any one of the natural surfaces and downwards as it were from the equilateral obtuse angle that is to say from the apex of the pyramid one finds it quite hard but by scraping in the opposite sense an incision is easily made this follows manifestly from the situation of the small spheroids over which in the first manner the knife glides but in the other manner it seizes them from beneath almost as if they were the scales of a fish i will not undertake to say anything touching the way in which so many corpuscles all equal and similar are generated nor how they are set in such beautiful order whether they are formed first and then assembled or whether they arrange themselves thus in coming into being and as fast as they are produced which seems to me more probable to develop truths so recondite there would be needed a knowledge of nature much greater than which we have i will add only that these little spheroids could well contribute to form the spheroids of the waves of light here above supposed these as well as those being similarly situated and with their axes parallel calculations which have been supposed in this chapter mr bartolinus in his treatise of this crystal puts at one hundred and one degrees the obtuse angles of the faces which i have stated to be one hundred one degrees fifty two minutes he states that he measured these angles directly on the crystal which is difficult to do with ultimate exactitude because the edges such as c a c b in this figure are generally worn and not quite straight for more certainty therefore i preferred to measure actually the obtuse angle by which the faces c b d a c b v f are inclined to one another namely the angle OCN formed by drawing CN perpendicular to FV and CO perpendicular to DA. This angle OCN I found to be 105 degrees, and its supplement CNP to be 75 degrees, as it should be. To find from this the obtuse angle BCA, I imagined a sphere having its centre at C, and on its surface a spherical triangle, formed by the intersection of three planes which enclose the solid angle C. 
in this equilateral triangle which is ABF in this other figure I see that each of the angles should be 105 degrees namely equal to the angle OCN and that each of the sides should be of as many degrees as the angle ACB or ACF or BCF having then drawn the arc FQ perpendicular to the side AB which it divides equally at Q the triangle FQA has a right angle at Q the angle A 105 degrees and F half as much namely 52 degrees 30 minutes whence the hypotenuse AF is found to be 101 degrees 52 minutes and this arc AF is the measure of the angle ACF in the figure of the crystal in the same figure if the plane CGHF cuts the crystal so that it divides the obtuse angles ACB MHV in the middle it is stated in article 10 that the angle CFH is 70 degrees 57 minutes this again is easily shown in the same spherical triangle ABF in which it appears that the arc FQ is as many degrees as the angle GCF in the crystal the supplement of which is the angle CFH now the arc FQ is found to be 109 degrees 3 minutes then its supplement 70 degrees 57 minutes is the angle CFH it was stated in article 26 that the straight line CS which in the preceding figure is CH being the axis of the crystal that is to say being equally inclined to the three sides CA CB CF the angle GCH is 45 degrees 20 minutes this is also easily calculated by the same spherical triangle for by drawing the other arc AD which cuts BF equally and intersects FQ at S this point will be the center of the triangle and it is easy to see that the arc SQ is the measure of the angle GCH in the figure which represents the crystal now in the angle QAS which is right angled one knows also the angle A which is 52 degrees 30 minutes and the side AQ 50 degrees 56 minutes whence the side SQ is found to be 45 degrees 20 minutes in article 27 it was required to show that PMS being an ellipse the center of which is C and which touches the straight line MD at M so that the angle MCL which CM makes with CL perpendicular on DM is 6 degrees 40 minutes and its semi-minor axis CS making with CG which is parallel to MD an angle GCS of 45 degrees 20 minutes it was required to show I say that CM being 100,000 parts 
PC the semi-major diameter of this ellipse is 105,032 parts, and CS the semi-minor diameter 93,410. Let CP and CS be prolonged and meet the tangent DM at D and Z, and from the point of contact M, let MN and MO be drawn as perpendiculars to CP and CS. Now, because the angles SCP, GCL are right angles, the angle PCL will be equal to GCS, which was 45 degrees 20 minutes. And deducting the angle LCM, which is 6 degrees 40 minutes, from LCP, which is 45 degrees 20 minutes, there remains MCP, 38 degrees 40 minutes. Considering then CM as a radius of 100,000 parts, MN, the sine of 38 degrees 40 minutes, will be 62,479. And in the right-angled triangle MND, MN will be to ND as the radius of the tables is to the tangent of 45 degrees 20 minutes, because the angle NMD is equal to DCL or GCS, that is to say as 100,000 to 101,170, whence results ND 63,210. But NC is 78,079 of the same parts, CM being 100,000, because NC is the sine of the complement of the angle MCP, which was 38 degrees 40 minutes. Then the whole line DC is 141, 289, and CP, which is a mean proportional between DC and CN, since MD touches the ellipse, will be 105,032. Similarly, because the angle OMZ is equal to CDZ or LCZ, which is 44 degrees 40 minutes, being the complement of GCS, it follows that, as the radius of the tables is to the tangent of 44 degrees 40 minutes, so will OM 78079 be to OZ 77,176. But OC is 62,479 of these same parts of which CM is 100,000, because it is equal to MN, the sine of the angle MCP, which is 38 degrees 40 minutes. Then the whole line CZ is 139,655, and CS, which is a mean proportional between CZ and CO, will be 93,410. At the same place it was stated that GC was found to be 98,779 parts. 
to prove this let p e be drawn in the same figure parallel to d m and meeting c m at e in the right angled triangle c l d the side c l is ninety nine thousand three hundred twenty four c m being one hundred thousand because c l is the sign of the complement of the angle l c m which is six degrees forty minutes and since the angle l c d is forty five degrees twenty minutes being equal to g c s the side l d is found to be one hundred thousand four hundred eighty six whence deducting m l eleven thousand six hundred nine there will remain m d eighty eight thousand eight hundred seventy seven now as c d which was one hundred forty one thousand two hundred eighty nine is to d m eighty eight thousand eight hundred seventy seven so will c p one hundred five thousand thirty two be to p e sixty six thousand seventy but as the rectangle m e h or rather the difference of the squares on c m and c e is to the square on m c so is the square on p e to the square on c lower case g then also as the difference of the squares on d c and c p to the square on c d so also is the square on p e to the square on lower case g c but dp cp and pe are known hence also one knows gc which is ninety eight thousand seven hundred seventy nine lemma which has been supposed if a spheroid is touched by a straight line and also by two or more planes which are parallel to this line though not parallel to one another all the points of contact of the line as well as of the planes will be in one and the same ellipse made by a plane which passes through the centre of the spheroid let led be the spheroid touched by the line bm at the point b and also by the planes parallel to these lines at the points o and a it is required to demonstrate that the points b o and a are in one and the same ellipse made in the spheroid by a plane which passes through its centre through the line b m and through the points o and a let there be drawn planes parallel to one another which in cutting the spheroid make the ellipses l b d p o p q a q which will all be similar and similarly disposed and will have their centers k n r in one and the same diameter of the spheroid which will also be the diameter of the ellipse made by the section of the plane that passes through the center of the spheroid and which cuts the planes of the three said ellipses at right angles for all this is manifest by proposition fifteen of the books on conoids and spheroids of archimedes further the two letter planes which are drawn through the points o and a will also by cutting the planes which touch the spheroid in these same points 
generate straight lines as oh and as which will as is easy to see be parallel to bm and all three bm oh as will touch the ellipses lbd pop qaq in these points boa since they are in the planes of these ellipses and at the same time in the planes which touch the spheroid if now from these points boa there are drawn the straight lines bk on ar through the centers of the same ellipses and if through these centers there are drawn also the diameters ld pp qq parallel to the tangents bm oh as these will be conjugate to the aforesaid bk on ar and because the three ellipses are similar and similarly disposed and have their diameters ld pp qq parallel it is certain that their conjugate diameters bk on ar will also be parallel and the centers k n r being as has been stated in one and the same diameter of the spheroid these parallels bk on ar will necessarily be in one and the same plane which passes through this diameter of the spheroid and in consequence the points roa are in one and the same ellipse made by the intersection of this plane which was to be proved and it is manifest that the demonstration would be the same if besides the points o a there had been others in which the spheroid had been touched by planes parallel to the straight line b m end of section ten